This is the Press On Podcast. My name is Josh. And my name is Jeff. And we are back again. Uh, we had a bit of a false start about two weeks ago where uh, we had been gone. How, how long had we been gone at that point? We had been gone uh, nearly two weeks. And it's been nearly two weeks again since the last episode. Two weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, that that's because... Um, well, uh, there's a confluence of factors. That's a big old fancy word. A lot of stuff happened is basically what that means. Um, I had a job change. Uh, that happened before before our last episode. But Jeffrey was in the middle of moving, um, and, and he's just a, a busy guy anyway What with uh, studies on Thursdays with the teenagers. And um, I'm sure you have other projects going on I, I don't know about. But between that and just, um, quite honestly, a little bit of laziness, a little bit of laziness on my part, um, yeah, Jeffrey's giving me a face. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, but all I have to say is that we're very sorry that we took such a long hiatus. But now that we're moved into Jeffrey's new house, well, Jeffrey's moved into his new house. I don't live with Jeffrey. It may seem like it, but uh, we have the new studio set up. And so we are committed to bringing you um, easy listening for hard topics. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but we're, we're ready to get back into this. I've, I've missed recording. Um, and so I'm I'm happy to be back. So so Jeffrey, how are we doing today? You know it's been a very interesting. I mean, seventy two hours plus. What happened yesterday? I I mean I know what happened today because I was I was there with you. But yeah, so it's just been like you know since we actually like officially moved all of our stuff in this new place. So like it just something about Monday morning waking up in mm-hmm. a different house was it disconcerting. Uh, it wasn't disconcerting. It was just, it's just, it was out of the norm, you know, and, and we just have such adverse reactions sometimes to things that we're not used to. And so just something as simple as like waking up to an alarm, like, I just like, I never hit snooze and I hit snooze. It was like the weirdest thing. Like I just open my eyes. I'm like, where am I? I'm going to hit snooze just for funsies. Maybe you thought you were still dreaming. I mean, I, 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 maybe I thought I was on vacation or something. It was just, it was just so weird. And mm-hmm. then I was just kind of like. Set up for a second, like, wait, this is this is this is this is a new place. Like, this is my new house, and uh, and it just you know the work work seemed different, and like right. coming home seemed really different, and mm-hmm. and just like being here. And then we went to uh, to, to Ashley's uh, family's house and had dinner for her birthday and stuff. And so that was uh, again like you just I, I just want to turn the other direction back towards the old house. And it's just it's just that way with new things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've had a lot of new things in, in the last year of my life and, and a lot of great and wonderful things uh, at that. But it's just something about change that just kind of seems to, to, to really drain and wear you out. But uh, we're really thankful. This, this house is, uh, is we're blessed. And I'm, I'm glad for our sake that we have a new place. It, it uh, the sound can be better. It is the, the just the equipment. We, we have a fireplace behind us. I feel I very know. classy. Yeah, and then you know we got we got some new desks. Just trying to uh, really give ourselves no excuses. Right. You know everything's in place, and so now it's just it's a matter of doing. We're it. either going to do it or we're not going to do it, and yeah. so that's that's kind of interesting too. But um, yeah, we are. I, I'm I'm on behalf of myself. We're, we're sorry that we uh, we've been slacking so much. Uh, ironically enough, I think I have had more people uh, contact, communicate with me 
when we haven't been posting episodes and we, when we were regularly. Why don't you ever tell me about this? I, I always hear about this when we record another episode. Well, it's like, I mean, th- I just, there's so many things that run through my head on a daily basis. It's That's hard, true. It's you hard, are a busy guy. It's hard to like nail things down. Right. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I had several people kind of reach out and said, hey, I love your podcast. Like, keep up the good work and all this stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? We hadn't posted in two weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, and I was just kind of like, man. We, we can just think of it as we're giving people time to catch up on. Because for a while, we were releasing two episodes Multiple, a week, yeah. uh, w- which may have been too much. Um, I, maybe once we get a more consistent uh, listenership, because we're, I mean, we're still kind of in the in the 20s and, and if we're lucky, 30s in terms of listeners. And we're not necessarily doing it for the listeners. Um, uh, we've always said if one person is benefiting from it, we'll, we'll, we'll continue doing this. But... Um, but yeah, once we maybe if we have a more consistent listenership, we'll produce more. But I think maybe one a week might be, um, might be good. Um, but we're we might just pop a next one in there during the week. Yeah, we're, just yeah, when just we're really like just feeling it, feeling the groove. Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of feeling the groove, I was feeling the groove a few days ago when we recorded an episode, but due to a amusing technical difficulty. That episode may or may not see the light of day. The sound quality, at least on my end, uh, was very uh, was very faint, so we would have to boost it in post-production, which, as you know, when you boost something in post-production, the sound quality isn't quite as good as if it was recorded live at a higher decibel. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you put your iPhone headphones into the laptop just to, just to listen to what was being recorded, and for some reason the computer recorded our session through the headphone the microphone. M- the, the microphone, yeah. Now, the yeah. fact that I was picked up at least a little bit is a, is a, an impressive testament to the yeah, power so, of those little headphones. So what you don't know, like Josh is about eight feet away from where the headphones were laying down. Mm-hmm. And so, like, okay, in my defense, I can plug in directly to the soundboard, which picks up the raw sound coming directly from the microphones. Mm-hmm. I can plug into my my uh, uh, sub amp mm-hmm. connection, which is basically taking the sound from the soundboard, compiling into a compressed audio file, and basically like it automatically adds a certain amount of of tweaking to all of the audio that comes into it, and then it sends it back. So I can I can there's like three different places I can right. plug in to listen to, you know, whatever's coming through and whatever we're recording. So. Um, I just I picked the wrong one. That's okay. That's my okay. Ba- my bad. Um, but Josh was on fire, and just I mean, just to kind of give you guys uh, a, a little taste of this, since um, you know we have no idea if this is, this will ever be posted or not. This we is, always say that. I this, think this we always end up. A, the, this may be like a segmental thing, like we take chunks out of this and, and add it to. I think we should just do it live. See, Jeff is a. Uh, the interesting thing about me and Jeff is that Jeff has more experience with with actual preaching, and so. I think, and and this is conjecture. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but you you really need a game plan. Um, you you need some sense of structure. Whereas I'm I'm not I'm not really trained or have had much experience with public speaking, and so I'm uh, more comfortable with being a little bit more on the cuff. Now, I, I, as I say that, I realize that a lot of times you preach your sermons kind of off the cuff, as they say. Um, but but anyway, no, I think this is great stuff. I think I think people. Um, well, how long have we been speaking? Let me ask that. Seven fifteen. Okay, so about seven minutes of housekeeping. I don't think is 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 too terrible. And if it is, then then hopefully people will let us know. Um, but I do want to get into the topic a little bit today, and and we may do a kind of a melding of what we talked about the other day on that uh, 
recording that may or may not see the light of day. And then we kind of rolled over into an experience we've had today. Um, so we were we were talking about, I, I think the gist of it was, um, is there a place for a Christian to be harsh? Uh, and that question kind of arose out of a, kind of a mental debate that's been going on in my head for a while. That's redundant. Mental debate going on in my head. That's Anyway, but the idea of... Obviously, you, you call it redundant. I call it specific. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, but I, I've been wrestling a lot with the idea of we want to obviously we want to be gentle and kind and loving when it comes to approaching people and when it comes to saving lost souls through the gospel. Um, and but how do we reconcile having a spirit of meekness and gentleness and exhibiting love, while also and how do we reconcile that to the fact that a lot of what we read. Uh, and the entirety of Scripture, even even the words of Christ Himself, are really uh, what we would class what we would classify as hard sayings. Um, and, and as Christians, we're called to take hard lines on on, on everything. Um, and so, with that in mind, we we kind of went through a little bit how and when we need to be maybe a little bit more forceful when when teaching, and not not that we're we're forcing it on someone, but standing up for the truth in a way that's bold. Um, but with always the end in mind of of saving the person's soul and therefore uh, conducting ourselves with love and kindness. So let's just like lay out some ground rules. Okay. For I'm, I'm saying okay. I'm I'm, I'm saying uh, I'm agreeing. I know, and I was saying you're speaking out of the microphone. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so one one thing that we must understand and we must accept is the fact that every person will be responsible for their own soul Mm -hmm. in the day of judgment. So whenever we think about our conversations and as we maybe reflect on past conversations and we look forward to conversations that we might be having soon or, uh, you know, someone maybe as we've been coming to talk about, I I guess the kind of the the background of that conversation was we we were talking about Galatians 6 where uh, Paul is talking about uh, ye who are spiritual. There's said ye. You who are spiritual. Um, Josh is getting me on this King James stuff. <laughs> um, you who are spiritual, restore such a one, speaking of a brother who is walking in error, mm-hmm. a Christian person who is still assembling with saints, yet is not... Conducting themselves conducting like a Christian them, should. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they, they are bringing sin into their life in connotation with how that reflects on the body. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of that was kind of the, the, the bring up of this idea. And so we have to know that that person, whether or not I do what I'm supposed to, and even if maybe I do everything perfectly the way I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. that they will still be responsible for that soul. And that does not have any reflection ex- uh, uh, unless it's on the side of uh, uh, I'm not doing my part with that person. I don't right. aid in restoring that person. Other than that, it has nothing to do with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it has no no ties. Like if if this person uh, dies in in a lost state, that's not going to cause me to go to hell. It's not going to. Mm-hmm. But rather, the responsibility that I took in seeing that sin in that person and not correcting it, that I will be judged for, and that could condemn me forever and so it's just it's one of these things that we are all responsible for our own soul so we, we just too often lose that when we get to talking about difficult conversations and secondly 
in keeping tie with this idea is that every person is going to receive the same sentence differently. They teach you that in psychology, and we were talking about psychology a little bit ago, uh, and, and we may tell you guys about this a little bit later, but Josh and I went to this study uh, that's kind of hosted by some uh, some other people at a, a place, and it was our first time going, and so it was kind of this weird, like, who are you guys? And, like, they were kind of asking some questions, trying to figure mm-hmm. out who we were, which is fair. Like, I don't have a problem with that. No, I'm no. a good grief if, if I introduced someone in, in, in a, the realm of spiritual things. Like, I'm probably going to ask them some questions, too. Like, right. hey, what do you believe about this? What do you think about this? Right. Uh, before we, re, you know, we really even try to have a, a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were talking about that, and we were just thinking about the idea that uh, so many people, uh, in, in ourselves included, tend to uh, uh, classify things by the way that a majority of the people see it. And most statistics are operated this way. Um, and even in most people, in, in certain situations, uh, the psychology behind certain ideas and certain protocols with uh, children, with teacher-children relationships, with mm-hmm. uh, public officials, all these things are derived from majority rule. What happens in most cases? When we're talking about spiritual things, spiritual things affect all of us very, very differently. And so one thing we have to do, and, and I'm speaking directly to myself because I realize I fail at this so much, but I have to quit telling myself and, and, and determining who I talk to and what I say to people based on what a majority of that type of religion, that type of person, that type of age range of who I'm talking to applies to them. Because in a lot of cases, I put my foot in my mouth. I'm like, wow, they didn't think that at all. And I just assume, and, and just w- this idea of assumption when we're having conversations like this. So that is just a very, very long way of trying to introduce this concept of what can be pointed and direct mm-hmm. and yet gentle and what breaches that principle like mm-hmm. how much is too much right how far is too far and so um what what are your th- what what are your initial thoughts what i, I guess kind of explain the, the kind of conflict that you mean and kind of where your mind goes as far as scripture is concerned with with this idea well I, the the conflict came about as a result of uh there's there's uh, some particular christians that uh, Rebecca and I follow on Facebook, and sometimes we we watch their programs. I'm not I'm not going to name them because this isn't going to. Um, I I just, I just don't want to get into. I don't want to slander them in any way, either by uh, not that I'm going to directly say anything against them. I just don't want the implication to be that I'm kind of you know throwing mud their way. Um, but they they are kind of uh, known for being very um, what what most people would call hostile. Um, I'm going I'm going to put it in the best light possible and say that they're very they're very zealous, uh, and then make it a point to confront false teaching and to confront people in other denominations who are participating in false teaching. Uh, and, and a lot of their methods could be described as uh, harsh or abrasive. And, and part of the conflict I was having is, is God calling us to be those kind of people? Is God calling Christians to be people who who have to kind of step up to the plate and, and be abrasive? Because like it or not, our Christian life is described as a warfare. Now, we don't war according to the flesh, but we war according to spiritual truths and, and, and spiritual practices. And so when we, con- we, when we are confronted with false doctrine or with false, false teachings or with a, a, 
a counterfeit gospel um, that is leading people astray and ultimately leading them to damnation, there should be a sense in which we want to confront that because we do want to save souls and we want to we want to share the the true unadulterated gospel. And so, in that spiritual warfare, and and using these these fellows I'm referring to as kind of a, a case study or an example, is God calling us to? Let, let me ask it this way. Because my initial reaction to their methods is is to be is to be put off by it, is to, is to not really like their approach. But do I not like that approach? Because I legitimately think it's the wrong approach, or because collectively modern Christianity has become too soft and unwilling and unable to confront that kind of uh, that those kind of false teachings with the same kind of vehemency that we sometimes see the apostles and Christ Himself. I mean, we have this false impression of Jesus as some kind of a um, some kind of a peace and love kind of hippie. Um, whereas he he had a lot of hard hard teachings and hard sayings, things like, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, or enter in at the narrow gate. Narrow gate for wide is the way and broad is the path that leads to destruction." Or, "I have not come to to bring peace on the earth, but a sword. I've come to set people against each other. I've come to c- create a division between those who will follow me." And those who want, and so how do Love we love your enemies? Bless those who curse you. Right. Like, yeah. So, so not easy things. Exactly. And so, how do we reconcile the um, kind of the? I don't want to say harshness, but how do we reconcile the fact that we're, we have we're, we're called to teach the whole gospel, and therefore the hard parts of the gospel? How do we reconcile that with being gentle people? And speaking with grace, and our speech seasoned with salt. Where where's the divide there? I mean, we read in Romans about the goodness and the severity of God, and so we know that there's those both those things are components of His character. And so, as humans, we we like to think that we're one or the other. We like to compartmentalize or or to or to specialize. Like we're either going to be good and gentle, or going to be harsh people. Whereas it says God is is both. And so how we reconcile that and how we approach people with that in mind uh, has just been really rolling around in my brain a lot. So t- this this seems like a study for James. I'm sorry. I was taking a drink and I got away from the microphone. Jeffrey gets on to me that a lot. For those of you who don't know, Josh said, ooh. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Jeffrey plays the, the dual role of co-host and producer. And so a lot of his job is kind of keeping me in line and making sure that I actually am speaking into the microphone. So I apologize for that. Um, but what my reaction was because you know James is is often in my mind, I, I consider James to be like a like a if not a fire and brimstone kind of a preacher, then just like a good old fashioned tell it like it is, no no sugar coating kind of a, a hard preacher. Would you, would you agree with that? Jeffrey's text. very direct. He's I'm, uh, sorry. I'm I'm actually not texting. I'm actually um, uh, trying to look some things up. Um, just just about certain words. So so like some sometimes what I like to do with stuff like this. And and again, what we hope from from some of these ideas that we're sitting here talking about. Like this is this is not necessarily very prepared at all. Like what, what we'd like to do is just kind of maybe uh, just kind of stir everyday thoughts. Give our just kind of our across the table reactions to some of these things. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Um, and so w- one thing I just so you guys know, 
uh, I, the first thing I typed was speech, which again, the, the, Ooh, the okay. number one heat hit for speech is in James, because a lot of James chapter one and two, or I'm, I'm sorry, James one and three are all about either the tongue or our speech mm-hmm. and, and how we should, what, what our approach should be to, to those things. Um, because the conclusion of part of what James says is is, is our tongues, our speech, what we say, and in, 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 in our impulses in what we say uh, cannot be controlled. That's the ultimate conclusion. No one can tame his tongue. And how destructive um, it can be when and, misused. And, and, and that's and that's the scary part when we think about being too harsh. And and I tell you, I think a lot of this comes down to um, what what our intentions truly are. Our intentions to go in and correct somebody. Mm-hmm. Or our intentions to go in and help somebody correct their life. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think, okay. I think there's a really big difference. Mm-hmm. And all too often, I think we take this approach like, I'm the principal having to go discipline and correct someone else for their behavior, and hope that if I go in and if I if I get at them hard enough that they will accept the punishment. And because of the punishment, turn around, or because of the consequence, they'll turn around, and then they will make their life right. That's not how the gospel works. If the gospel was disciplinarian, as we sometimes think of it as, all we'd have to do is go hire somebody, some preacher, say, hey, uh, go up here and talk to them really hard and, and, and and, and make them fix their life. Like, no, our approach should be bring them the word of God his word is what's sharper than a two-edged sword, not ours. Our words don't do that. God's words, God, God's words does that. Uh, wow, that's a tongue twister. What do and what does? Um, but anyways, so I also looked up the idea of, of that passage about uh, speaking with the uh, oracles of God, which I believe is First Peter, is it not? Yeah, whoever speaks, uh, let him speak as one who speaks the oracles of God, forever serves serves as one by strength that God supplies. Basically, again, nothing that originates from us. Mm-hmm. That must be our perception. Uh, but one thing that I kind of, going back to this idea of James as a book of, uh, uh, about our tongues and about speech, um, he, he very quickly begins um, his letter by talking about wisdom and things that are grounded in God's righteousness. Uh, but especially there in verse, uh, what is that, 15? 19, I'm sorry. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so when we uh, have to, or or I say have to, when we are in a place where we can help a brother uh, see the correction he needs to make in his life, uh, this is such an important principle to remember. It's less about what I can tell them and more about listening and showing them what God says. Uh, because our problem is you and I are way too opinionated. You and I are speaking from our own experience and instead of the experience of our creator. Mm-hmm. And that's where the danger comes because all too often we try to, like, I'm going to saddle up, I'm going to go to this person, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix them. Like, that's our mentality. And we have to change that mentality. Um, because if that was a mentality, I feel like the Gospels record a very different Jesus. If Jesus was just coming to to slash and burn and correct everybody uh, and set them straight and, 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 and you better do this, um, but rather he comes to them 
and he heals instead of accusing. Um, and even you and I talk, talked about what about this idea of, of his entire chapter of his woe to the, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees. And, and what is all that truly about? Is that, is that about, wow, look how bad you Pharisees and Sadducees and, 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 and laws and prophets are. But rather, it's, it's pity. It's, it's, it's sorrow. It's, it's, it, it's just shame that, that right. God's people could come to a point like that. And, and I've just been rambling. Thoughts. No, th- this is great. This would be great stuff. I I just you you were ref- referencing James, and I, I immediately thought of uh, James, chapter three, verse seventeen. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Now, side note: I think purity would also mean purity of doctrine, purity of religion, uh, pure in the fact that we don't we don't um, invalidate the commandments of God to set up our own commandments. Um, but then, following that, then peaceable, gentle. Easy to be entreated, uh, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy, uh, and so we see that that God's wisdom is to, is is to be gentle, uh, and I do think um, I, I do think it's an interesting thought because I had always assumed that the woe against the Pharisees was was just straight fire and brimstone condemnation, but when you when you kind of compare that to what he says about Jerusalem, where he says, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem," I you know. Um, well, what's the exact phrasing of that? Let me go ahead and look that up. He he talks about how you know he would have loved to have gathered up, um, gathered the people up in there like a like a hen does with her chicks, you know, something very uh, very paternal, very protective. And he wants that. He wants to he wants them all to be saved. He doesn't want them to be condemned. Um, but he he's also upfront with the fact that. The, your disaster is going to strike them because because they didn't accept the Savior. Yeah. Okay. So that's in Luke chapter thirteen, verse thirty-four. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and yet you were not willing. Right. So so he does he doesn't actually pr- um, pronounce a, a proclamation of, of destruction upon Jerusalem at that point. He does he does at well, another he time. Well, does, verse 35. Sorry, I was, I was reading from my phone. Okay, so. Uh, Behold, your house is forsaken. I tell you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So it says your house is forsaken. In other right. words, their, their house is right. so, and, and, condemned. And, and, you know, and, and we could almost use that as a proof text about how to how to approach people who are lost. So he, he, Jesus does not shy away from the fact that they've done wrong. He's very upfront with what with with the fact that they're in the wrong and what they've done is evil, but you're right. There is this undercurrent of of pity, um, and, and of love. Like he he would love nothing more than to just gather them up in his arms and love on them, but he can't because of the reality of what they've done. And so I think that's a phenomenal example that we need to keep in our minds about how we approach someone who is in the wrong. Don't sugarcoat the fact that they've done wrong. But but just but just make it be known that your desire, because it's God's desire, that that person just just turn away from the evil ways and just and and then we can just we then we can have that loving bond with you, um, but but we we can't extend that until until changes are made until repentance is made. I mean, what this is not original to me, but uh, Wes McAdams um, he puts out the radically Christian crosstalk podcast that I listen to a lot. He said, you know, the cross is a great example both of God's love and also of his hatred for evil. 
You know, you can't say that God doesn't care about sin when you look at the cross, because obviously God God hates sin so much and hates evil so much that it required nothing short than the brutal murder of his own son to rectify the problem. But there's no greater example of his grace than the fact that he was willing to give his son in the first place. And so we, we just, again, we, we see the goodness and the severity of God. We need to be very severe when it comes to sin, when it comes to evil, but always with that underpinning uh, of love for the souls of those who are caught up um, and, and those evils. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad we brought that example up of, of Jesus in Jerusalem, because now that I think about it, that's, if we just kept that example in our mind whenever we were confronted with someone who is in the wrong, whether it be because of their lifestyle or because of f- following false teaching, we should keep that in mind and, and, and keep that balance uh, in our mind between being, being truthful and upfront and being loving. Now I've rambled. This is, this is kind of how the press on podcast goes. It's me rambling for a little bit and then Jeffrey rant, but that's how conversations usually go. One side presents ideas and the other side uh, exchanges more ideas. And that's what we try to uh, make sure this, this podcast remains is just a, a, a free form conversation between um, two regular guys who just want to talk about spiritual things and, and um, convince you or well, not convince you, but um, inspire you to have conversations like this with your friends and family and coworkers, uh, what have you. So like the really popular thing to do right now is like five quick questions. Like all these cool videos right now are all about those. Like, what is your favorite? Bam, bam, bam. You know, I think it'd be really cool if we did that one time. I know this is this is like has nothing to do with anything, but it just occurred to me when you were talking about that. I was like, like this is it just it seems like a neat little way, like a kind of like a get to know you thing. Like, what's yeah. your, who's your favorite Bible character? Like, where are some of your favorite passages? Favorite. Hymns? I like that. You know, you, you, you know, know it, it does strike me that we've we've kind of produced bits and pieces of our personality. Um, but we, wh- one of the things that I think both of us have been conscious of is that we, we want, we don't want the podcast to be about us. I mean, and there's other, I mean, we, we might do other podcasts and other platforms where it's more, where it's more just casual. Um, but we, we want people to know about us only in the sense that it facilitates a, 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 a better way to convey uh, to convey the word of God, because uh, it would be really easy for this just to become uh, a grandstanding uh, event where we just talk about ourselves and um, and we just and we make it too personal almost, and not really about about God. Um, but no, I think th- I think that'd be a great idea. It sounded like I was trying to talk ourselves out of it, but I really wasn't. I just yeah, I was to, like, I don't think he wants to do it anymore. <laughs> well, we'll think about it. Um, but I I have nothing more to add. Uh, how how long are we running, Jeffrey? We're at our time. Okay. Well, good. Uh, it, you know, I think the 30-minute thing is a great uh, – that's a great time because 45 minutes is kind of an awkward in-between. Um, you either have to commit to an hour or just do 30 minutes. So we, we might we might have podcasts in the future that run more to an hour if we have a, a guest or two on. But for now, we're going to cap it here. We are really, really, really happy to be back in the swing of things. Again, we're very sorry that we're gone for so long. But – uh here we endeavor to always press on and so if you have any comments questions concerns please comment on our facebook page let your friends know about us let your family know about us and uh, again um if anything um you know have these kind of spiritual conversations with with your brethren with your friends um and that's about it anything else you want to add jeff not a thing brother i kind of fumbled the ending but this is the press on podcast my name is josh and my name is jeff hope you all have a great night